1-800-636-7680-ESPN. Big Sarge in for Blankers. That was refreshing to have uh, somebody talk a little basketball, uh, fill it in today. 713-780-3776. So go out to the HRP listener line before we get to the Dusty conversation. Thomas, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Thomas? Uh, dude, first of all, so glad to hear your voice, man. You. I was worried you ain't going to be here. Me too. And then uh, I heard George, Joe was supposed to be up in there. I'm a huge fan of Joe George, by the way. Uh, I didn't know if was, something was up with him. I don't know what's going on. I just think it's ridiculous. I'm a I'm a listener all through the day. I work uh, fixing stuff all day long, and so I listen from the morning to the end. Love y'all show, man, and so happy to hear your voice. I just wanted to let you know that. Super appreciated out here in H Town, and uh, Joe George, shout out to him, man. Joe. Yeah, he broke out when he started talking about Joe. <laughs> uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the support, Thomas. I, I really do. I'm not going to get into any details. That, that's that's in the past. It's in the review. I'm not going to discuss it. But I do appreciate the support. A lot of support on the uh, Twitter and stuff like that, too. appreciate all of you for, for reaching. There's so much support, I can't reach out, out to all of you. Uh, but I do appreciate it. Uh, 0392 last night uh, was the first Rockets game I've seen this season. They look like they uh, a good playing, good team ball. I think they've played good team ball all year. Yeah. Just win a stinking road game. Mix in a road win. Uh, someone said that must be uh, Frank's phone plan. I'm not going to talk about that man anymore. All right, all right, Sarge, you wanted to uh, to bring up Dusty. To yes, me. Uh, I'm curious to see where this goes, but uh, floor is yours. So, and I'm not saying this just because I'm sitting in this chair, but I, I'm going to say this to you. I think that you're one of the one of the the best in the city. Wow! Right? I I listened to you all show a lot, and when you when you all were in the other time slot, uh-huh. and then in the new time slot. So I've been I, I listen when I can. When I'm in the, when I'm in the in the vehicle, when I can listen, I try my best to make sure I listen. Thank you. So last season I listened mm-hmm. a lot during baseball season. I don't. I guess my question to you would be what would be. Why so much vitriol towards Dusty Baker and the moves that he make? Especially, side note, especially when let's just say the Jake Myers. Let's say Jake. Let's take Jake Myers for example. Yeah, right. A lot of people. Dusty got a lot of backlash. A lot of backlash on this show mm-hmm. about wanting to play Jake Myers when he said, "Hey, Jake is coming back from an injury. He didn't really have a spring training. Blase this, blase that. He's still getting his feet wet. And now, what did the General manager said yesterday, hey, Jake Myers is going to start. He so, also questioned his bat, which yeah. he doesn't know if he can be an everyday player, which is kind of concerning for True. a World Series contender. I don't want Jake to start. I think yeah. Mauricio Dubon should start because he's faster and he has a stronger arm. He does I have feel, a stronger arm. I feel like he should start at center field. But, I mean, if he's going to put Jake in there. So, I'm just uh-huh. saying, like, some of the things that I've heard, heard you all saying, I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. It just does, And I didn't know. My thing was, I didn't know if you all were being serious at first. And then I started listening. I was like, no, there's a little <laughs> bit of hint of seriousness. Are you talking about two this. years ago? Uh, two years ago? Because yeah. uh, two years ago, I was very critical of Dusty. Yes. Two years ago, I was super critical of Dusty. And I've admitted this, that I, I was putting way too much importance on a random lineup on July 27th. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, Dusty was playing the the like the long game. Yes. And we were, you know, because we talk in sports radio, so we dissect every single thing every single day. And we were putting too much, in, in, too much importance into uh, lineups over 162 whenever they would win the division going away um the criticism that i've had now dusty won me over when they won the world series like i i I made a full 180 and i was like okay well dusty was right like dusty was looking at the uh the big picture and i was not and why wouldn't you be looking at the big picture for a team that cruises to a division title now last season they didn't cruise that division title i i don't really look at anything that dusty did last year 
like I don't think that Dusty did a whole lot wrong, uh, to be honest. Like the whole like what's wrong with Dusty's lineup that was like oh, I'm curious what the people think. What's wrong today? Yeah, uh, I didn't really have. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, like dissecting the lineup every single day last year like I was the year before. And I yes. think batting order is incredibly overrated. I think who plays is very important, obviously. Uh, like who hits second, who hits fourth. Like that's like the great baseball debate. Who cares? So when you take that into consideration, though, right? Uh-huh. When you, when, when you look at who's batting second, who's batting fourth, mm-hmm. do you also take into consideration the schedule? Like the feng shui of the lineup? The, the I'm just saying the schedule in general. Because there's sometimes the... Sometimes the Astros will play like 16 games in a row. Uh-huh. And when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, I want Abreu to bat here. Right. But if I bat him here today, then I can't bat him here five days from now. Why when we have he? to travel. When we have to travel from playing him every day. So you, are you talking about like I'm just using familiarity that as, in the batting order? I'm just using that in, in general when you're looking at the lineup. Right. When, but when you criticize the lineup, uh-huh. are you criticizing it for – that day, or are you looking at it from or I, I daily? Like this. It'd do be you, daily. Do, are you looking at the selfie, or are you looking at the panoramic view? I would be for a specific lineup. Yes. Two years ago, I was looking at the selfie. Okay. Last year, I was looking at the panoramic view. Okay. Which one do you like looking at? I, I look. At, I always look at the panoramic <laughs> now, view. But I just didn't. I think. It, I think it differs criticism. though. I think it differs though because if you're talking about July 13th, yes. whenever you're leading the division by eight games. Like, who cares about that specific day? Now, if it's 30 games left in the season and you're two games back, now that lineup it, you know, it gains importance. Now it becomes more critical uh, because you don't have the buffer. You don't have the comfort. Now, Dusty would still look at it big picture. Now, what I, I don't understand what you're saying, though, is like, Abreu, if he bats, like, let's just say fifth, and then five days later, like, what, what do you like, have the day off? Like, because the batting order shouldn't influence his fatigue level. No, no. What, well, if he's playing every day, it right? Could. But that's not the that's not batting order. Well, like that's I'm, that's being in the lineup. That's well, not him batting fifth or eighth. But batting batting in that bat, being in the lineup, right? Be, being on the field uh-huh. and being at getting more number of bats. No, like if you're batting fifth and you're batting eight, you're not going to be more tired because you're batting fifth versus eight because you have one more plate appearance. But I said second and fifth. Yeah, it's still going to be only a difference of one. It's it, never going to be a difference of more than one. It, it's still, but what I'm saying is it's still, hey, look, did I get five at-bats last night, played the whole game? Get five at-bats the next. All yeah. I'm saying is, and I just use that as a hypothetical. I'm like, right. I'm just using it as, I don't think when you there's... look at these guys, you look at these guys as far as Dusty has to look at it and say, and say, because you also remember now, this man has forgotten more baseball than we'll ever know. So he's played the game, he's managed the game, he's going into the Hall of Fame, of right. course. And so he's looking at it like, if I keep playing this guy, he's going to burn out. So i got to find some way to give him a break, sure. or i got to find some way. Or if he's not hitting, uh-huh. right, especially, and I'm not saying you per se, I'm talking about in general. Like, when McCormick was going through what McCormick was going through, it's like, y'all don't really know, not you per se, I'm saying right, right, in right. general. A lot of people didn't really know, like, Dusty was talking to McCormick a lot, a <laughs> whole lot. You gave him a lot of banana pudding too. That's why he got heavy. <laughs> For sure. So I'm just saying it's like I didn't understand the I didn't understand, you know, coming from this show, some of the criticism of mm-hmm. Dusty. It just seems so harsh. And I'm saying, but that's not what's going on. I was so, I was, I mean, admittedly, way more critical of Dusty two years ago so, than I yes, was this past year. I, I will admit that. Um I'm not buying the logic though that if you get one more plate appearance a game over five days in a row, you're gonna be more tired on that sixth day. Like I, I don't think that that plays a part in fatigue. Uh, being on your feet for six straight games will. I, I see where you're coming from there. And I totally 
totally agree that Dusty plays the big picture. Yeah. Totally does. And I do think, over the course of 162, that the big picture is far more important than the little picture. Yeah. I think it's way more important. So, like, when fans are critical of a July 24th lineup, I think it's silly. Now, when you're talking about who's the majority, like, who's the primary center fielder, like, that, to me, is a conversation you can have. You can have sure. a conversation, like, Jake versus Chaz. Who should be getting a bulk of those starts. One thing that did annoy me with Dusty Baker this last year is whenever he had that, you know, basically a three man outfield rotation with two spots, when he was rotating Jake, Chaz, and Corey Jolks like every day, yeah. where they were at a three man rotation. Two would play, one wouldn't. And they just rotated days, rotated days, rotated days. Love Corey Jolks. I watched every single baseball game he played at U of H as the play by play guy at the University of Houston. There is no reason that Corey Jolks should have been getting as many starts as Chaz McCormick. I, I can see that. I, I I will agree, but I'm a Corey Jokes guy. Me too. I, so again, I love Corey but, Jokes. But you're right, Go and, and you know, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you feel like Dusty was trying to give him that opportunity because he was a rookie and trying to yes. let him play in the big leagues and yes. get him? And and he has a a hell of a bat. I mean, Dusty he has a really good bat. He just has to learn. How it's not to as good as Chaz. I mean, Corey Jokes is. Uh, Corey Jokes is at best a backup outfielder on a good team. It, he could be a starter on a bad team. He might be a four A player. Chaz McCormick could be an above-average outfielder and has been an above-average outfielder on a World Series team. There's no reason that Chaz and Corey Jolks should be getting the same amount of at-bats. But, now, Jake and Jolks is a conversation I'd listen to, but Jake plays center, Corey doesn't. Jake played center field at a high level. Jolks plays a good defensive left field, but that's left field, but not Chaz center. But Chaz bat has went silent a lot, and his bat has went he's silent in, in, big, yeah, he's streaky. in big moments. Now, don't get me wrong, he's to come through with some big hits, mm-hmm. but he's also whiffed at the plate. No, he's streaky. He he's streaky, but yeah. he, I I believe he's a better a better hitter than uh than 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 Corey Jokes. To your point though, Dusty very much is a big picture manager, and I think that's how you should manage 162. And that's where not. I that's that's a kind of a change that I made last year versus 2022. I'm very curious to see what Espada's tendencies are. Like, do you think do you think Espada is going to be that same kind of like big picture 162, or do you think he's going to be like optimizing the lineup every single day? So I think that he's going to be an analytics type guy, of yeah. course. I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him when he has to discipline these players because they love him in that clubhouse. When I say they love him, they love him more like like he's like a, a brother, uncle, father figure to them. What's going to happen when you have to go to one of these players and say, hey, man, you're not doing your job. I'm going to have to sit you on the bench. You're going to be like, who are you talking to, Joe? Yeah, you're like, going to go tell Jordan Alvarez, like, hey, let's let's run out that ground ball, and Jordan's going to look at him and be like, I just sprained my ankle. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know how that's going to come across. Whereas when Dusty come in and Dusty be like, hey, man, look, come out here and talk to you. I'm seeing you tonight. And they'd be like, all right, Dusty, I'm cool with that. Or not I'm cool with that, but all right, Dusty. And then they go off and then, you know, talk about him behind his back or whatever the case may be. But I just don't know <laughs> how – that's that's my only issue. It's like when it's time – to discipline these guys or when it's time to sit one of these guys who don't think that they're supposed to be benched, what are you going to do there? Yep, that's a good point. I'm, I'm very curious to see a spot as first-year tendencies. I think that's a good call, too. Like, what is that going to look like? 713-780-ESPN. We'll get to Paul on the other side. A key from L.A., who's a big fan of our show, he's asking us to continue to talk about the Astros, so we'll do that. I think that the Astros' 26-man opening day roster is all but set. I think there's one more move to make. What would that move be for you? Also... If we can start looking at the 24, 25 of this 26-man opening roster being set, I've seen a lot of this conversation going on on Twitter. 
is the window closing with the roster the Astros are going to put out there? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. On ESPN 97.5, it's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays. He's Sarge filling in for uh, for Blankers. I'm Branham, 713-780-ESPN. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Paul, you're in the hive with the Bees. What's up, Paul? Hey, thanks. Great conversation on the Astros. I agree with the, the uh, sympathies regarding Dusty's lineup last year. You, you just couldn't. It was malpractice to give Jolks and Myers 300-plus at-bats and take 200 at-bats away from Chaz. That, that cost the Astros probably one to two wins. And playing, playing Diaz and Maldonado was the same thing. It was, it was malpractice. But one of the guys that uh, I think the Astros should take a look at this offseason, I don't of course, you know, we've talked about the salary cap and them going over it, but uh, they can right or wrong by getting Teoscar Hernandez back in the fold. He's, you know, obviously an ex-Astro. He's on the market, had a little bit of a down year. You might be able to buy low on him. Some, some right-hand, I mean, it'd be nice to get left-handed power, but that's even going to be more expensive. But I think he would fit well with the uh, Crawford boxes. He could be your left fielder. Chaz could be your center fielder. And then uh, Myers could be be on the bench. I mean, that's that's really, I think, the one spot where they could possibly improve the most is in the outfield. The infield set, catcher set, probably not going to add a big-name starter. But uh, Tasker Hernandez is a guy that I'd like to keep an eye on. And I'm also a little disappointed. I don't know if you guys talked about this, about the Rule 5 draft. I mean, the Astros' 40-man roster is pretty weak. There's like five to ten guys you could probably literally cut off that roster that I would have liked to have seen them take a flyer on with somebody in a Rule 5, and maybe that's something you guys can talk about. Yeah, appreciate it, Paul. Probably not going to dissect the Rule 5 draft a whole lot. Now you're getting into the uh, the weeds, and really it's not that good of a conversation. Um, we could probably have it off air. I'd be happy to have it with you. There's a couple of like super athletic power types that I, I would have liked added to this roster, although I'm not sure how much it would have helped you. I agree with Paul that the 40-man roster is pretty weak. I think the depth of this team overall is pretty weak. It's top-heavy. The top is really, really nice. Uh, and I'm with Paul. I would I do want an outfielder because I, I the idea of Jake Myers being an everyday guy that's fine. I don't think it is the ways of a of a World Series contender. Dana Brown flat out said to the media that we're unsure if Jake Myers can hit enough to be an everyday center fielder. Okay, that doesn't sound like a World Series contender to me. You, the general manager's questioning of his everyday center fielder is good enough to hit, to yeah. be an everyday guy. Okay, that's something you do if you're like a middle market team, not a World Series contender. Secondly is, like, I could live with that idea if you had a backup plan. And I think the backup plan is kind of what Paul's saying. Like, a Oscar Hernandez type. Now, it's a bigger name than a backup plan. But now, you know, if Jake Myers struggles, he can't hit a lick. You move Chaz over to center. You got your plug-and-play left fielder. Jordan's still your DH. What's the backup plan if Jake Myers fails? I think you'd probably go Mauricio Dubon. Exactly. But if you do that, now your super utility's gone, and you have zero options if somebody else gets hurt. And as we know in sports, people get hurt. Exactly. But you can alternate. You can alternate between Jake and Mauricio, and if some, if let's just say you, there is a freak accident in spring training, and one of the infielders go down, and you have to put it outside of first base, and you well, well let me take that back because Mauricio has been, you know, he took some, yeah, uh, took a couple of ground at, balls there, yeah, in first base, <laughs> but you know, you can play him there. I just feel like if, if you put him and you start him and you have Jake coming off the bench, I think that that's a better and a more viable option. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you, Jeremy. I'm going to tell you what my real concern is. What if Kyle Tucker goes down? Who backs him up? 
You're probably looking at Chaz in right, and then you're looking at Jordan in left, which is something I hate because I want Jordan to be a primary designated hitter. But that's kind of like that's the that's the issue. Like the depth of this team's not great because yes. I look Mauricio Dubon is an everyday center. I like Dubon. I like Dubon more as a super utility guy than I do as an everyday center fielder. Marwin Gonzalez type. Yeah, yeah, and because you can still play him 120 games. Like yes. super utility guys are going to play a ton, and I think Mauricio Dubon is more valuable as a super utility guy than an everyday center fielder. I think Dubon's fine in center. I don't think he has the range. Of Myers, you're right. He has a stronger arm, but how important is the arm and center? Yeah, that's debatable. Uh, certainly has a better bat. Like yeah. I, I like Dubon's contact ability. Doesn't doesn't have tons of power, but he'll run into one every now and then. I like Dubon as a player, but he's a super utility guy in my mind. They really don't have a backup plan. And for me, you, we we know that injuries happen, even in baseball. And I know baseball doesn't have the injuries like football does, but injuries happen. So if a guy goes down and Myers isn't hitting well. You're playing a 4A guy in your lineup every day. Yeah. That, that it, those aren't the actions of a World Series team. And that's what everybody's talking about. Like the 20, I think that the 26-man roster is all but set. I think they're going to sign a, another reliever and then call it, call it a day and be done. I don't think that they're going to add another offensive player. Now, there's a spot to be one. Like There's one more bench spot, in my mind, that's either going to be a John Singleton type, a Corey Jolks type, maybe one of these prospects from you know, Triple whether it's a – whether it's a Melton that like surprises, but it's probably too early for him. Maybe it's a Pedro Leon. It's probably going to be Singleton or Jolks. Do you think that this run is over with what they're likely going to be putting out there this year? And I hate to answer a question with a question because I was just about to ask you a question as well. So can I can I table your question sure. and ask you one first and then answer your question? Yeah. Because I think that they go hand in hand in what I'm about to ask you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we're finally feeling the effects? The Astros organization is finally feeling the effects of the 2017 scandal. Because remember, they used to have one of the best minor league systems. They used to have one of the the, the best farm systems. Yep. And then what when when they got penalized, then they had to they, they lost some draft picks. First and second, and then also it, it, the first year of that or the second I think it was the first year of that was the COVID draft where they had yeah. five rounds. Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a variable of a lot of things. I think that's a big part of it. I think the COVID draft is another part of it because not only did you lose a first and a second, there was a five-round draft, so you literally got – you your 40% of your draft was poof gone. And I understand that you could sign some guys, but not the same. Uh, the fact that they've won, like because you're winning, it means you're drafting later in the first round as opposed to – I mean, look what you've built this off of. Kyle Tucker was an early pick. Alex Bregman was an early pick. Carlos Correa was the first pick, but he saved you money, which allowed you to draft Lance McCullers. Like a lot of these guys – George Springer was somebody that you drafted. So, yes, like the fact that you had those picks stripped from you – it's funny, though, that they didn't strip the picks of all the other teams that were using Facts. illegal you know, methods to steal signs electronically. The Astros were the only one. Uh, the fact that they've won, and instead of picking in the top five, they're picking in the bottom five, yes. plays a factor as well. And then you've traded some of these prospects too to to try to you know add to your big league team. Last year is the most recent example where you where you trade uh, Gilbert and Clifford uh, for Verlander. So all of those variables and what you mentioned is a probably the biggest piece of that you know pie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd absolutely agree. And so now to answer your question, I think that this Astros organization has maybe three more years of the, to sustain this run that they're on. And then we're going to start to feel the drop. We're going to see the drop. And, and I feel like it's going to be, it's not just going to be a steady drop. Uh-huh. It's going to be like walk to the edge of a, you know, 20 story building and just drop an egg. It's going to hit and land that hard. And we're going to go back to that feeling that they had of losing a hundred games. And I don't want to say they're going to lose a hundred games, but there's going to be, 
uh, a period where they're going to have to restart and revamp because there's no dynasty in, in the history of sports that has ever been able to just sustain over time. You have at, at some point the dynasty is over. I mean, Look at the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots, they had that dynasty. They've ran for a long time, and now look at them. They are the bottom feeders in the in the NFL. At some point, this Golden State Warriors run, they're going to that run is going to come to an end, and it's going to be just so. I just want people to be prepared to know that maybe three three more years of this, and now you're looking at all right, these guys aren't going. And you and you also got these fans also have to be ready for the backlash is going to come with the other fans that you've talked trash to for the last seven to ten years. <laughs> I think it's easier to sustain a level of winning in baseball than it is uh, the other sports. Because like NBA, you're, you're kind of built off of like two guys and good role players. And every team's a little bit different. But like you brought up the Warriors. Like what's their... What's their core? What's their foundation? It's Curry. What's thing with baseball? Clay, what about the Yankees? Draymond Green. The Yankees. Well, I mean, the Yankees are the example. The Yankees have like they've never had a f- under five hundred record. I think this millennium. So like they've sustained winning. I know they missed the playoffs last year. I don't remember what their record. They were, were they below five hundred last year? Maybe for the first time this millennium. Right. I, I don't know. But you look at the Yankees, like the Cardinals for a while, or teams that are always in the playoff race. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays have done it with no payroll at all. Why? Because. Baseball is not a sport where you're built off of like two or three players. Like even football, you have Pat Mahomes, you're a playoff contender. I think if you have C.J. Stroud, you're a playoff contender. So you can kind of build a playoff team with superstars. Baseball, yes, you need to have superstars, but it's not really a superstar game. Look at the Angels, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. If you draft really well, and this is where your point comes in because they were stripped of draft picks, if you draft really, really well, you can keep the train moving. The Rays actually do it in a creative way where they trade their big league before they ever become free agents to restock the minor league system. So it's always churning. It's always on fire. The criticism for the Rays is that they don't win a World Series. I would love a big market team to kind of do what the Rays do, and then you supplement some holes with your big money, and you sign some free agents. Where I don't think that the Astros win those close. I think this team that they currently have is capable of winning a World Series. Things have to happen well. You don't have to have – you have no depth, so you better stay healthy. Uh, you need to get Fromber right. Christian Javier needs to be right. Verlander might have to defeat Father time. Uh, so there's things that have to go your way, obviously, just like there is every single year. Problem with this team is there's not tons of depth, but you're still top heavy and you have the team that's capable of winning it if things work right and you don't get hurt. Where I think that Dana Brown, like if Dana Brown's really good, and we don't know yet, but Dana Brown was hired because of his scouting and his drafting. He wasn't hired because he can sign like good free agents, things like that, because it's not the Astros' way. If Dana Brown can be a really good drafter, like we hope that he is, like yeah. he was hired to be, I think it could increase the window. But I don't think the window's shutting, and I don't think it's going to shut for like the next few years. As long as you have like a Jordan Alvarez, I think you can build around a guy like that. So first, the Yankees were eighty two and eighty last year, so they were still above five hundred. Yeah, yes, and the second thing is we're at a point now. So I'm going to use I'm, I'm going to jump back over to the NFL for a second, and I'm going to use myself. Because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan since, that, 19, since 1975. I know everybody can't be winners, Jeremy. I understand <laughs> that. I, look, everybody can't come over here. I got it. So I've been a Cowboys fan since 1975. For older Cowboy fans who went through the Super Bowl years, the playoffs isn't good enough for us. Winning a playoff game, uh, uh, one or two playoff games, is not good enough. NFC Championship game, ah, it's okay. It'll sustain you to get you through the next season. But we're talking about Super Bowls, getting to Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls, playing in Super Bowls. What the Houston Astros fans are used to now is playing 
in ALCSs. They're used to playing in the World Series. Whether they win them or lose them, mm-hmm. they're used to playing in them. So they can't just go to, oh, we made the wild card. Right. It's not going to be good enough for these fans because, like I said, now let's just say Seattle wins and Seattle picks up and they take off or the race take off and, you know, have the run that the Astros have. Then these fans are going to be like, they're going to hear it from these other fans. And so they want to keep winning because they want to see their team win, but they also want to be able to talk to trash and talk to noise to other fans because, you know, it just feels good. Like, yeah, it just feels great. Yeah. I mean, the this this roster that you're currently looking at, you compare it to like the 19 roster, it's, it's a drop off. But I still think you're capable. Like you were close to winning a World Series last year. You won a single home game in the ALCS. You probably win a World Jeez. Series. Last time the Yankees had a losing record was 1992. That's insane. Let's sneak in Willie here. 713-780-3776. Uh, Willie, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Thanks for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, yeah, I'm calling about the uh, the uh, uh, relief pitching, and I don't think the relief pitching is good enough, and that's how they won uh, in 22. And uh, I don't like the fact that every year they lo- they losing a defender. You yeah. know. Uh, Maldi, he can hit, but he know how to call a game. And, and almost every year they're losing a defender and they're not, not getting anybody to take their place. And uh, that's all I got. Thank you. Appreciate it, Willie. Yeah, I mean, Maldi's, uh, it's kind of the end of an era, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the end of an era. I think that they... I think they signed a catcher who is better than Maldi at this stage of both of their careers. And I'm excited to see Yiner Diaz get 500 plate appearances and see what he can do. I, I like Yiner. I think that, that, that's a great bet in that lineup. He has holes, right? Like he swings at everything. everything. Sometimes he strikes out too much. A lot. But uh, like, does that look better though? Because he's playing every day or playing almost every day, as opposed to playing every now and then. Like hitters like to hit. It's a repetitive sport. You like to be in the box. You like to see live pitching. Yeah, but I think I his mean, numbers. I think his numbers are going to be pretty similar this year, if not better. I'm talking about like the averages. I mean, obviously the volume stuff is going to go up. Sometimes it looked like he was swinging for the ball was even out of the pitcher's hand. I was yeah. like, wait a minute, you're already in full, you know, you're in full swing. Yeah, he would have some awful <sighs> moments. <laughs> There's no doubt about I that. I just wanted him to be more selective. If you, he could have walked a whole lot, and that's why I'm like, mm-hmm. watch Jordan, watch Jordan at the plate, or watch Bregman. Bregman is very had gotten very very selective mm-hmm. on the pitches that he swung at, and when you're looking at a power hitter like Jordan, Jordan will take. Jordan will even strike out sometimes taking a pitch. And he's like, okay, I've seen it. I know what's going to happen the next time around. Mm-hmm. Diaz, Yonder, he just walks up there and be like, hey, look. Swings at everything. Doesn't matter. Throw me the throw me the rising bag. Yeah. I'm going to swing at that too. <laughs> some guys are selective. Some guys aren't. Jordan and Bregman are a couple of the most selective hitters in baseball. Yonder's never going to be. Yeah. Yonder's always going to be a free swinger. But to your point, like where does the biggest development in his game take place to take another step offensively? It's being more selective, even if he's not walking. Yeah. More selective, getting better counts, get better pitches to hit, and then drive the better pitches. Uh, Bad Take Boulevard coming up next. Before we do that, though, i got to give you something. We like to give our listeners stuff. From legendary director John Woo and the producer of John Wick, comes Silent Night, a gritty revenge tale of a tormented father who witnesses his young son die when caught in a gang's crossfire on Christmas Eve. While recovering from a wound that costs him his voice, he makes vengeance his life's mission and embarks on a punishing training regimen in order to avenge his son's death. Caller 5 to 713-780-3776 wins a four-pack of tickets to see Silent Night, 
at an AMC theater of your choice. Catch Silent Night in theaters now. Caller 5-713-780-3776. Bad Take Boulevard is next with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. And ES- Sarge is filling in for uh, for Blankers today. Uh, you can find him at Big Sarge Sports, right for the Rockets Wire, the Texans Wire. See him all around town. He's he's everywhere. I think there's two of them. Uh, Sarge, <laughs> you off? We have this Bad Take Boulevard. We do it every Thursday. It's just bad takes that make the list each and every week. Oftentimes, Joe makes this list. Uh, weeks that Joe's not on the list are more uncommon than weeks that Joe is on the list. And Joe makes the list this week. In fact, he's leading off. Bad take Boulevard yeah. this week. Uh, did I'll, you, I'll wear this one. <laughs> did you see the Yankees traded for Juan Soto, as yes. we all know? Did you see the Yankees tweet that said John Soto appears headed to the Yankees? I did. Now, why did they do that? Because John Heyman last year said that Arson Judge is going to San Francisco. <laughs> Joe Joe fell for the joke. Joe fell for it. He quote tweeted it. He thought he was dunking on awful announcing. He said, not sure how the Astros get by the Yankees with John Soto in the lineup. Joe bit right into it. Joe fell for the trick. He took the cheese. Well, look, I I will say this. I wouldn't have thought about that either, so I probably would have fell for it too. So I'm on Joe's side right here. Joe, sorry, you can't say that. I mean, it's like, I guess it was the anniversary, and that's why they did it too. Was, it was a year ago today that Arson Judge was created. It was a year to the day yesterday. Yeah. The yes. exact same day they traded for Soto. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I wouldn't. Was it? I, I I was too busy. Wasn't yesterday like the thirteenth year anniversary of when Andre Johnson beat up? Um, was it really? I think Cortland Finnegan. Yes, that's recent. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't. I'm sorry. I wasn't into that. The Yankees, anyways. Like following John Boy, that Andre hitting and Cortland Finnegan's an all timer, one of the most JJ legendary on, uh, moments in Texans history. Yeah, JJ was on McAfee like two weeks ago talking about it, and it was, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, so I'm with you really? though, John. I, I mean, I'm with you, Joe. I, I wouldn't have thought about. It. <laughs> so Sarge just made the list for, for calling you, That's John. Okay. It's all right. not, so Joe, you make the list. Oh, I forgot the sound. No, you make the list twice. twice. Goodness, he makes the list twice. Um, I love my mother. Love her very much. Yes. She's one of the most important. She, I mean, she's one of the most important people in my life. Her and my my wife, and of course, all my family. My mom texted me the other day, and she misspelled my name. She goes, "Hey, Jeremy, how's it going?" or something like that. My mother, who named me, named me. Wow, she's the reason like my name is spelled the way that normal spelling on my birth certificate. She misspelled my name when she texted me the other day. My own mother. Would, my own mother makes the list. I would be hurt. You just made right? the list. My mom. We don't discriminate on Bad Take Boulevard, as you can see. Hey, did you call her out on it? I, I did. I actually did. And she acted. She played dumb. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? At that point, I was like, okay, we're just moving on. I'm not going to go back to what you originally called. If you don't realize the mistake, I ain't going to help you. I feel like I got on a Bad Take cake today. I'm saving everyone. <laughs> Maybe your mom was doing speech to text and it just came out that way no the way that it was spelled would not be speech to text because siri ain't that dumb <laughs> i mean it totally Did botched you just call the your mother dumb? no right. i said siri's not dumb i think my mother just had a typo and she didn't realize that but nonetheless yeah she said hi jeremy how is my how is your wife feeling because she's been sick this week and i i I did what you normally do when you fix something right. Like, I spelled my name right, and I put a star. Because we all know that when you put a star next to another spelling, it means that you corrected something in their their message. She she put question mark. <laughs> so wow. I, just, I said, she's feeling great, mother. She's feeling fine. I love you. I love See, you very much. But you make text. the list. I, that, there's no way that speech uh, to text. Hey, look, Zero I, chance. Hey, when we're on this Bad Take Boulevard, is there any way to, like, can I detour off of just What you second? got? Siri is dumb. 
You think so? I don't use Siri, so I wouldn't know. You know why I don't like using my Siri? Because the FBI is going to get you? Because when I say, you know, because if I do it now, it's going to come on it. But when I say, (laughs) you know, hey, it always say, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute now. You on my phone. Like, you're on the device that I pay for. Be more. I need you to say, yes, Big Sarge Supreme Esquire or something. I'll just be like. You're about to get canceled. This like, is kind of sexist here, Sarge. <laughs> be like, mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, but still, you can't answer me like that when I call you. Like, mm-hmm. Like, are you yeah, saying like because, I'm bothering me. Are you saying because you're the man that you need to be the dominant figure in this couple, this no, relationship? I'm saying because of me and my personality and who I am. I'm big. Did you just not hear me put Esquire at the end of my name? I it did. has nothing to do <laughs> with gender. It has everything to do with Sarge. And I need to be acknowledged as such. From, I'm paying the bill on this. I, I feel you. I think I'm le- I'm still leasing this phone. That that stuff creeps me out. Like they they, oh. I'll say something and all of a sudden I got an ad. All yes. of, like like I, I, technology now I have nothing to hide. So I don't care that much. Like these people like put these stickers on their camera. Yeah. Like if the FBI wants to watch me, cool, watch me. I promise you, it ain't that interesting. Like so. the, the conspiracy theorists that have like the the tape over their camera. What are you hiding, man? They're gonna know everything about you anyways. So my wife is listening to the show, and I'm going to reveal something that she has no clue about. Okay. So sometimes Uh-oh. when she like <laughs> when she leaves her phone laying around, I'll go and just start speaking random things into her phone, like, oh, you know, Seattle, Smoothie King, whatever, so she can get those ads. And then she'll be like, why? I wonder why I keep getting all these. Are you telling? Kids. Are you saying things that you want? No, I'm just saying <laughs> things into the phone, just randomly, so when, so the ads can pop up in her phone. That's kind of funny. Usually pop up. In That's mine. a nice little prank. Yeah, I might have to pull that off. That's how you know bit. the phone is listening. Joe put uh, Joe. So my mom already did that. She makes the list. You my just mother. made the we list. We do not discriminate on Bad Take Boulevard. Uh, Joe put Sean McDermott here. I've not seen this. Yes. So what did he? Uh, what did Sean McDermott do? So uh, Ty Ty Dunn, who uh, covers the Bills, I uh, just put out a three part expose on the problems with Sean McDermott, and he dropped this little story in here. Okay. Okay. At St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York, McDermott's morning address began innocently enough. He told the entire team they needed to come together. But then sources on hand say he used a strange model. The terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. He cited the hijackers mm. as a group of people who were able to get on the same page to orchestrate orchestrate attacks oh, to no. perfection. His the antagonist of his or the protagonist of his story here are the terrorists? Yes. Oh, my goodness. He apparently apologized right after the meeting. He's apologized again today. He addressed it when he met with the media. It was the wow. first question he was asked. But this was in 2019. What an idiot. This this um, this makes his hot this his seat warmer. Well, I think, I'm, I'm serious. Oh, now that this story's out, if they miss the playoffs, I already thought he was gone. But with this story, I would be shocked. That is wild. That is crazy. Why would you even... I, so here's my thing. You can't motivate anyone using the 9/11 attacks unless you're talking about the survivors yeah. or, or you know the survivors and what people went through and you know the city of New York and how they rebounded. You know the America in general. <laughs> you can never use the people who who did the attack. Yeah, like if I was if I was the owner of Buffalo, I'm looking at Sean McDermott differently. And I I, I like Sean McDermott as a football coach. This this stains that. You do. It, yeah, I do. I think he's a pretty good coach. I think he's a ball coach. I, I I was in the same building with him once, and maybe that has forced me to be a little bit biased towards him. Oh, but all of a sudden, drop. that bias is gone. What's that? The name drop. Well, it wasn't. I mean, it, <laughs> I didn't talk to him. It, it was just a. Uh, it was U of H pro day. Like it wasn't like Bill O'Brien was there. Vrabel was there. It was whenever they were looking at Ed Oliver. What is? And he they done? ended up drafting him. That you know that draft. What 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 has he done as a coach to impress you? Um, 
I think what their defense. I think their defense is good. I think their defense is good. Now they're. I, I see your point here because I feel like they've underachieved because of like how well we talk about Buffalo. But I don't think that they've underachieved because of their head coach. I think they've underachieved because their quarterback's a walking turnover. So if they were winning, though, who would be getting all the praise? Oh, Josh Allen and McDermott. Eh, I think more Allen. McDermott would be up. I, I guarantee if they were playing better, he can go in there as well. Contract extension. Here's why I don't think, yeah, for sure. For sure. They're not going to fire him. He would absolutely get an extension. But you know why I don't think Sean McDermott would get the praise if they won a Super Bowl where Allen would? It's because he's a defensive coach with an off, like the quarterback's an offensive guy. Yeah. Like, when you look at Pat Mahomes, well, he's got Andy Reid, offensive guy. He's helping him out. When you look at the Rams when they won, well, he's got Sean McVay. Like, Belichick, Brady was always a weird dynamic, and then when Brady won one without Belichick, well, look, Belichick had Brady all that time. Uh, the last, like, for some reason, like, the I'm pointing to this like you look at the Baltimore Ravens when they won the Super Bowl with Ray Lewis back in the day that dominating defense and, and, and Billick was a an offensive coach like we don't look at him as this like mastermind for that team true we give all the praise to the defense for that team yeah. I feel like if you have a defensive coach and your offenses is leading you I, I feel like the defensive coach doesn't get the praise as like an Andy Reid as a Sean McVay well, hold on. as a Kyle Shanahan would get D'Amico is the great coach of the year. It's a really good counterpoint. <laughs> you knew where I was going. It's a, no, I, I, whenever you started talking, I was like, man, he got me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> McDermott won coach of the year. I feel like you, the coaches get the praise early, but then if the quarterback flounders, they get the blame. That's a good so call. It's so like now that like Josh Allen that. and the Bills are struggling, it, it is a McDermott not being an offensive mind. It's a, it's a him yeah. problem. Excellent. But like in the development stage, like they get more credit. Yeah. That's probably a good, better way to put it than, than I put it. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're not going to fire Josh Allen. They'll fire McDermott. All right, that's it for Bad Take Boulevard. Hope you all enjoyed. Sorry, Mom. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. You get one Super Bowl dark horse. Who is that one team? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. No dark horse about Gentle Ben. I've been telling you for a while now, Gentle Ben is fantastic. It all starts with the finest ingredients, classic time-honored distilling methods. Gentle Ben uses their innovative process that removes the harshness that's found in most spirits. The result is unparalleled smoothness and an enjoyable drinking experience. You get all the flavor, none of the burn. You'll love what's not in it, including undesirable acids. These acids take the enjoyment out of your drinks. Well, Gentle Ben gets rid of the undesirable acids so you can enjoy. Who wants undesirable acids in their drinks? Nobody. Gentle Ben offers vodka, gin, straight bourbon whiskey, cast strength bourbon. All are fantastic. All are in my rotation, of course. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store. Whatever's on your way home. Pick up a bottle today. Next time you go to dinner. Next time you go to your favorite bar. Ask for Gentle Ben's. Head to the Gentle Ben Tasting Room in Alvin. If you're going to the Toyota Center, there's Ben's Bar inside the Toyota Center. Pick up some Gentle Ben there as well. Also, just go straight to the source, too. Maybe you don't want to get out uh, this holiday season. You know, the traffic, it's too crowded, things like that. Understand that. Just go online, gentlebin.com. You can order Gentlebin Spirits straight from the website, gentlebin.com. You can auto also order Gentlebin gift baskets this holiday season. Gentlebin makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, your best customers. We know they'll love what's not in our spirits, too. Give Gentlebin this holiday season. Go order your baskets now. Gentlebin baskets make the perfect holiday gift. Gentlebin.com. Com to learn more. Gentle Ben, perfect for any celebration. It's Committee to Bank Studios. It's Joel and Jeremy. No blankers today. Blankers will be out tomorrow as well. We'll have uh, Joe filling in tomorrow. We want all of you to take the day off work, play a fun round of golf. 
with your favorite sports station at the ESPN 97.5, 92.5 Occasional Invitational Benefiting Kids Mills. This year's tournament will take place Wednesday, December 13, 10.30 a.m. at Wildcat Golf Club. Each golfer will receive beverages from St. Arnold Brewing Company, lunch from Cypress Trail Hideout, home of Papa Charlie's Barbecue, dinner from Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage, 18 holes of golf, quick award ceremony immediately after the tournament. Register now, ESPN97.5.com, under the promotions tab, but... That's not it for the uh, for next week. On Friday, the 15th, we'll be broadcasting live from Kobo's all day as we celebrate their two-year anniversary and Kobo's winning Culture Maps Award for being Houston's ultimate sports bar. Love Kobo's. Uh, Raul always gives me something new when we go there, and I've never had a bad bite of anything. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not picky. I like good food. I'm kind of a foodie. I'm a little bit of a food snob, I'll admit. But I don't like like elite food. I like I'm like more of a dive kind of guy. Yeah. Love good food. I'm more of a dive kind of guy. Like I like a good steakhouse, don't get me wrong. Kobo's is fantastic. It's very, very good. You yeah. ever been to Kobo's? Uh no, I haven't You have to check it out. Yeah, head over there, check it out. They're right near the Minimate, right? Yeah, 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 across the highway. Closer to uh, the soccer stadium. I got you. Not too far from my house. I got you. Oh, you're over there? Yeah. Man, I've been trying to get my wife to move inside the loop. It's just, it's not in the cards. We, two little ones, it's not in the cards. Well, I had to because, you know, when I first moved back to Houston, when I got out of the military and I first moved back to Houston, I was living in the Woodlands. Uh-huh. And so when I got into the media, I was driving from the Woodlands to Toyota, to NRG, <laughs> to Minimade. And that's like sometimes, you know, two, three times a day. That's almost. my and, drive right now. Yeah. And, and that was <laughs> like, that was too many fun. miles. It's a lot. <laughs> so I moved downtown. I moved, I moved downtown so I could be closer. And then uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, she was staying out. And she moved from Cypress Spring Branch. And then she moved downtown. And then we was like, hey, might as well just yeah. move together. Kind of split the difference a little bit. And then we got married. There so, you go. Yeah. So, hey, can I tell you, know, we were talking about uh, off air, kind of like being like uh, snobs. Almost yeah. kind of. Yeah, in, mostly in that, Joe, though. Yeah. Oh, Joe's definitely yeah. a snob. Although, I, Joe would say I'm the snob because I always talk about how I'm the talent and he's the measly little producer. So, it depends on who true. you ask, I guess. Yeah, Joe. Joe's definitely, yeah. So, <laughs> tell me if I'm snobbish in doing this or not. Yes. So I, I so I go to I, I go to the gym. I love my gym. I I, I love it. Sarge, 100%. are you flexing right now? No. Are I'm you not. bragging that you work out? I see all these tweets that you post at five a.m. where you're at Lifetime Fitness getting your workout in. Are you are you dropping a flex right now? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I, you know, I, and I I put out those pictures to motivate myself and others. But, I got you. So you know, I tend. And when I go to places, I tend to find the for some reason the manager or whoever's in charge just gravitates to me, right? And so this morning I walk in, and the lady that's at the front of the greet, she's always a very nice lady. And I walked in, and I said, hey, how come y'all don't have Christmas music playing? Like, huh. on the outside, you're still playing rock and roll or whatever you're all playing. And, you know, that's cool, but it's Christmas season. Can I hear some Christmas music? Okay. And she was like, oh, you have to talk to the manager. He, he's the only one. I said, oh, no problem. So as I'm leaving, me and my, I guess, gym snobbish elite self walks right up to the manager. And she looks because I guess she didn't expect me to talk to the manager. And I said, hey, can we get some Christmas music in here? I play, you know, with the amount of gym fees that I pay. Can I get some uh, <laughs> Christmas music in here? He's like, uh, let me make a phone call. So all I'm asking is, was I wrong for asking for Christmas music? Going to the manager? Huh. Asking for Christmas music, or should I just put that in the comment box? I don't know if uh, I, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of the Yelp comment box thing. It's weird to me. Um, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to say that it was. Uh, what was the word that you used? 
elitist snob? I'm not going to say it's snobbish. I'll say it's more Karenish. More Karenish. Hope you're not offended by that. It's a little bit more Karenish. Kiddish. Like, hey, I want it. I want yeah, Kiddish. There you go. Uh, I I want this because I pay you know monthly dues. Well, so does everybody else. Everybody they, else plays monthly dues too. Well, they, if they want Christmas, they should ask. <laughs> That's true. I, I ask. I I, just, I uh I would never do anything like that because I just don't care enough. You know what I mean? Like, put on Christmas music. Fantastic. I'll enjoy that. Put on a little country western. Okay, whatever. Uh, put on a little rock and roll, a little rap, whatever. I don't. I'm just kind of low key like that. Don't You've really care. Never been. An elitist somewhere. Oh, for sure. But I would never ask a place to put it on a certain genre of music. Now, walk into a bar, put it on a certain ball game. Yeah, I'll do that. Why do you feel you have the I'm right usually, to do that, though? I mean, it's a sports bar. It's kind of their thing. Like, when in Rome, right? Like, you're going to a gym talking about the music. When you go to a sports bar, you're talking about the TV and, like, what's the sport on the TV. But you want to change to what you want you know, it's still, it's, somebody it's, might want. It's still a demand. It's still a demand. See? Like, yours is a demand. Mine's a demand. Like, I would say that those are demands for sure. I think that's the only time that I ever, like, demand, though. Unless I'm telling Joe to do something for me. I just feel like I, you know, I walked out and I sat in my car and I was like, I don't know if I did that the right way or not. I felt really, like, uh, elitist and snobbish. I would, uh, I don't know if I want to go that far. Well, I'll go, I'll give it a kinnish. Seven one, well, that's the hive. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP. Was Sarge being snobbish? Was he being elitist? Was he being, I don't like using the word kinnish. I know that it's appropriate, but I like Karen. I feel like Karen's more appropriate in this spot. I know that you're a man and Karen's a woman's name. I'm not calling you a woman. I just think Karen is the term you use for that specific act. I don't think I'm the right ethnicity to be a Karen either. Yeah, you don't really look like one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't really look like a I will Karen. Say like, I'll give I, you that. My only thing with the music, if you go to a gym, which you know I'm not a Ooh. big partaker anymore, uh, <laughs> um, it can't be too loud, though. <laughs> it's got to be quiet music. Sorry, you're getting crushed on the text line right now. Wow. HRP listener line 2851, maybe he should bring his own music. I thought about that, too. Why don't you bring their own headphones? I do. I have headphones, though. I work and out with headphones And you still want on. the gym to play Christmas music while you got headphones on? Because when I'm in the parking lot, their music is blaring out. I don't have my headphones on yet. So this is for the one-minute walk to the front door and the one-minute walk to the car? It's Christmas. You're asking for two minutes of Christmas music? I'm pretty sure it'll brighten the mood of other people as well. <laughs> yeah, Sarge, you're, you're, you're digging <laughs> you know, a grave. This, man. this is what, crossed what, from Karenish, Kinnish to now elitist and snobbish, 100%. Well, what if I'm the guy, what if other people want to hear Christmas music who don't have then headphones let them and ask. scared? Let them ask. I got my leader, man. I got it. You don't I know what they there. want. A leader's going to get what the people want. I well, think you need to take a little straw poll of what the people want and then lead your way to the front desk. Maybe you need to lead your way out the door without asking for Christmas music on your walk to and walk away. Hey, the music that's being played <laughs> is being played by somebody who wants to hear that music. <laughs> nah, so, hey, man, like I'm just trying to bring some Christmas. You know what? You just like being a Grinch, Jeremy. I read your, I see your tweets. I uh, I, you're, you're, I, I see. That wouldn't be the first time I've been called that. <laughs> Christmas lights still up aren't out uh, aren't out uh, outside the house. That uh, you know, my wife might be called me a Grinch a time or two already this holiday season. One four zero three. Nothing I want to hear before a pump like jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. When we return, we'll get more of your interaction on this. Also, uh, Joe, Joe, do you want to set this up? Yeah, we are uh, doing a show right now with three people that if you polled most Houston sports media would say have the worst takes on Twitter and on the air. So uh, I compiled a bunch of bad takes 
from the two of you, and it's time for you guys to defend yourself. You hear that, Sarge? He said that the three of us have would have the worst takes if you pulled everybody. But which two are we doing? Just you two. Just us two. <laughs> right. Did you catch that? I, I Did you catch that. that? Yes. 713-780-ESPN. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.